Hey, it's Sandeep. Hey, it's Patrick. Welcome to Moments of Brilliance, a podcast about life, laughter, and raising daughters. Welcome to another episode of Moments of Brilliance. I am Sandeep, and this is Patty Cake. I don't know why I call you Patty Cake. This is Patrick. A lot of people call me Patty Cake. It's fine. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, sure. I get Patty, <laughs> Patty Cake, whatever. Oh, man. Patrick, how you been this week, man? I mean, like, we haven't talked for a little while, I feel like. I mean, we've, I think, have we missed a week of recording? Because we did miss a week of recording. I think every, we've just been busy. I've been avoiding you. I think that's really what's been happening. So, no, uh, just kidding. We we get busy, and sometimes these things slide. So we're, we're trying to keep to a weekly schedule, but uh, we did miss a week, and we apologize for anybody who's been missing an episode. Yes. Although this is a fun project for me and Patrick, like we do try to keep on schedule, but you know, sometimes life just gets in the way, right? It happens when you have daughters or children, actually, in, in general, I suspect. And cats. Cats. Exactly. Kids. I don't know about your cat, but the other day, the time change and really messed up my cat. Um, it was like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, and we're like trying to get some good, well rested rest, sleep. And. You know, you get that hour back and then all of a sudden it's like meow, 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 meow all morning, like five o'clock. I don't know if your cat does that. No, my cat was fine. It was my kid. She decided to wake up at uh, just before five on Sunday morning. So, yeah, there was no getting back to sleep. Oh, it messed her up. Even though we put her to bed late, she still got up at her regular time. What would have been her regular time? So, yep. On a Sunday morning, uh. And uh, of course, I do mornings, so it was not a good time. I can tell you that much. And she's still messed up. <laughs> I saw her today. She seems fine. Oh, yeah, she's fine. Daddy's still sleepy. Oh, yeah, you look sleepy. Thanks. Thanks. Um, speaking about Sunday mornings, yours, your situation was Sunday morning. My daughter woke up today at 530. Wide awake, downstairs at 530 in the morning. It's a school night. It's a school day. It's Wednesday, right? <laughs> She's going to be a mess tonight. Oh, yeah, that's that's my daughter all the time. She's always up super early. I don't know why, what her problem is. She takes after me a bit because I'm an early riser. Because I was a baker for eight years, so I just got used to getting up at some ridiculous hour, like three in the morning. But Oh, yeah, you yeah you were a baker. You know, we should have an episode where we talk about our past professions. That would be cool. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, you've been working since you were, what, nine years old? Nine years old. My gosh. Yep, nine. So I'm uh, ready to retire, and I'm not even that age yet. So anyways. Oh. All right. Yeah. Why don't we talk about what we're going to talk about today? Right. And yes. Back to the podcast. I brought it up with you the other day. I came across this YouTube video not long ago. Um, and it had to do with colors and gender and stereotypes. And it was just got me thinking, you know, like, you know, this could be an episode, you know, the pinks and the blues, when did they all come to be? And if I remember correctly, this, this was a video, it was a PBS video and, and they were, they were breaking it down. And here's, here's some of the things that I remember from it. So pinks and blues, they weren't always meant for Pinks weren't always for girls and blue wasn't always for boys, surprisingly. Um, so going all the way back to the 19th century, so we're talking like the 1800s, This it used to be the fashion where 
pink was for boys and blue was for girls. And actually, boys wore dresses back then. Yep. Now, yeah, they did. This was the norm. And I had to actually like go back and, you know, like you see those old black and white photos of babies sitting on chairs and they're wearing these like long dresses where, well, babies were pretty indistinctable back then. Whether it was a boy or a girl, that's what they wore. And it was white, white clothing. Yeah. And I I didn't really know that. Um, And it was more so for practicality. The dress was, you know, easy to lift up and, you know, clean a dirty diaper or, you know, it, it, it was just easy, easy practicality back then. It wasn't necessarily about style. And, and so like you, you look back at like, you know, there was this, uh, this picture of Franklin, Franklin Roosevelt in 1884. And he was dressed with, with a dress and long hair and, you know, it's funny, you know, they didn't get their first haircuts at six or seven either back in the 19th, early, in the, like late in the 19th century, um, which is kind of funny because you'll probably laugh, but growing up, um, I think my mom wanted a girl when she had me. And so I would, I'd be the one wearing pink overalls and I didn't actually get my first haircut until I was like four or something. So wow. I, I, I looked like a full on girl <laughs> back in the day, back in the eighties. And I don't know if my mom got the ideology back from back, back in the day. Um, anyways, maybe, (laughs) maybe anyway. So, so it wasn't until after like world war one when colors started to be associated with gender, but it was still the pinks girls. I mean, the pinks were blues uh, boys and the blues were girls. And it wasn't really like it was that in between stage now. So like when the when the baby boomers were children, that was like around nineteen forties, fifties. Now, um, manufacturers really started to like you know started to like pay attention to like you know, hmm, how can we take you know how can we capitalize on this you know, and and they wanted to shift the narrative. So they put a lot of things out there, like we're talking about, like the big brands out there manufacturers were putting a lot of like pinks and blues out there but it looked like the girls were gravitating more towards the pink now and the boys more for the blue still in the in-between stages um and so they were just looking for audience reaction at the time and then the 60s 70s started to roll around and that feminist movement and then they started to introduce a little bit more unisex stuff yeah, like um, the greens, the yellows, the purples, those types of colors, right? Yeah. So I didn't know that, right? So like those were introduced like 60s, 70s. But then another big thing happened around 80s, 85, the ultrasound machine was big thing. You know, when the ultrasound machine, when, um, you know, we go, you go to the doctor and they, you know, your wife is pregnant and they use the ultrasound and they check to see yep. your baby yep. if it's, is okay. They also can tell the gender then. And so like what did parents started asking? Is it a boy or is it a girl? And that was a huge, huge trend that started around 85. And so now it gave parents the opportunity to start planning, you know, bedrooms, clothing and all that before the baby came. Right. And so all of a sudden manufacturers took aware of that and 
I, I think it was around that time when pinks started be gravitating towards girls and blues for boys. And that just increased product and service and demand and everything. And, you know, advertising obviously plays a huge, huge role in that. Like advertising is, you know, what people digest on a daily, right? Like they see it and they believe it and they just, you know, they talk about their friends with it. Oh, you know, having a girl, here's a pink gift. Well, and it, then it just sort of. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. Sorry. And I didn't mean to interrupt, but like you say that. And like, I look at this book, like I've got this, this wonderful book from Natalie Nahai. Um, it's called Webs of Influence. And there's actually a quote in here from uh, Thomas Madden um, from a company called Kelly Hewitt and Martin Roth Marketing. And it says, color influences both human behavior and human physiology. Even though differences remain, there are values that transcend national frontiers. So really, I mean, a lot of this book is about how color actually gets you to buy different things. So you talk about the blues and the pinks and those and how, you know, boys and girls gravitate to those colors. And it's very interesting that like, that's the, that's the way, because really it's like the other quote in here is from a Dr. Mubin Aslam colors alter the meanings of objects or situations with which they are associated and color preferences can be, can predict consumers behavior. So it's really interesting to sort of see that you, you know, you see this and how products took off because marketers started to use those different colors. So very fascinating. Yeah, I know. Right. You know, for the longest time, you never really thought of it until, you know, we had daughters and then we're like, we started like thinking about this and we started talking about it like last week and we're like, where, why is it like this? Why did it start? But like, um, yeah, social constructs, marketing, media, psychological, you know, historical events, you know, sort of shaped how we are today, but it hasn't always been like that. And, you know, you see all these gender reveals these days and, you know, how they go to the extreme. You know, oh, yeah. It has to be a pink or a blue, you know, there are, there are the few that do the neutrals, but, you know, it's so like engraved into us like it has to be a or b it doesn't it's just it's just all made up it's just our perception and how we just started sharing that perception with each other and just sort of became this thing certainly i mean a lot of parents uh, i know um have definitely put a color uh, norm on their children you know i i knew uh, a gentleman a few years ago and his boy at a birthday party, it was his sister's birthday party. He, his, his boy picked a pink balloon up because it was his sister's birthday party. It was a girl's birthday party and, and she wanted pink. And he picked a pink balloon up and the, this father immediately took the balloon away from him, said, that is not a boy's balloon. And he gave him a blue one. And so, you know, there's the difference between preference and pushing that preference on to children. And I think that, you know, that gets to a bit of the heart of what we're talking about today, which is there is personal preference and there is preference to sell things, which is, you know, obviously marketers do. And, you know, I certainly am a bit of a marketer myself, so I understand using color, but there's then parents pushing that color. So I think about when my daughter was born we did not want to push a color on her. 
We said, absolutely, we're not going to. So we painted her room neutral. So, you know, the walls are very neutral. We did not have pink stuff or blue stuff or any like it was like purples, yellows, greens. And that's what we had asked for at the baby shower. We we knew what the gender was going to be, but we still asked for those neutral colors to allow her to decide. Now, you you could argue that that then pushes green and yellow and purple on her. However, I will say that my daughter, we did not push this on her. She loves pink. It's got to be pink. It's got to be unicorn. It's got to be sparkly. We didn't push that that on her. I wear pink. My wife does not. She wears like browns and, you know, more earth tones, but we didn't push that on her. But I think, you know, one of the reasons that we got into this color discussion was that a couple of weeks ago, my daughter turned to me and said, daddy, boys don't wear pink. And when I said, daddy has a lot of pink shirts, it was like that didn't even register with her mind because I think she is learning at school and maybe through some YouTube videos or other places, pink is for girls, blue is for boys. So for me, that's something we are trying to teach her is that color and other gender-based constructs don't have to be for one or the other. I don't know what you do with, with your daughters, whether you introduced pink or you know they chose pink or if they even like pink or what but i think that's one thing where we're trying to say at least in our household no it doesn't have to be one or the other and we're trying to break a lot of these gender stereotypes that often get associated with with girls yeah no i mean like for us like i fell into the like we fell into i wouldn't call it a trap because it's just it was our norm growing up right like so when when our daughter daughter was you know about to be born like I did paint the room and I painted it a purple color and and we knew it was gonna be a girl so we started like like my wife wanted to know ahead of time so that she can start planning for this and and like we both like we bought a lot of feminine things um with that had a lot of feminine tones to it and you know like I I, I just associate it with like that you know like I guess I grew up like that and you know that's just that was my norm. So you know purple 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 rooms, you know cute little pink teddies and things like that. We did all of that. We did a, like a gender reveal with a pink cake. We we did all of that and yeah, it, to each their own, right? Like that was that was our norm and we were happy with that and um but nowadays, you know like as my daughters are starting to get older, you know, sometimes they'll pick up something that's blue or something i have no issues with that whatsoever and in fact nowadays like i'm even trying to introduce them to things that i grew up with ninja turtles and things like that <laughs> not to talk about color but like ninja turtles and toys that i grew up with and um i think my wife would see that and she'd be like well she is saying she is not into that and she is into this but still like i i i show them to my daughter and i I explained to my wife, she has both parents, she has two parents and two different perspectives who grew up in two different like backgrounds, right? Like I grew up as a boy, really boyish things and, you know, heavy on the blues and the, you know, the, the dark tones and all that. Yep. And, 
Yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna introduce that to her, and if she likes it, she likes it. If she doesn't, that's totally cool too. Um. Yeah. The other day we were at Walmart, and I and I saw this hat. It looked like a hat out of Home Alone, very Macaulay Culkin like. You know. Yep. One of those yep. big hats with big pom pom on top, and it. But they were, I would say, neutral colors. I would say like red or yeah. um, red, black, and yellow. Right. And with big smiley face emoji on on the front, and I thought it was the cutest thing, and I could just picture them both wearing it, so I bought two of them. And and my wife did bring up the fact that she said, um, I I don't know if she's gonna particularly like this one because she did mention that she is into these colors, and again, like I get it, yeah, if she's into those colors, cool. I'm just gonna show it to her as a gift. If she doesn't like it, I'll happily return it. Okay. Turns out she loved it, and it was it was. It was interesting <laughs> and she loved it. And, you know, like not to say that my wife is, is against the, the, you know, sharing different colors and having them experience all, but I think we just, you know, we just grew up that way. So it's, it's the way we think and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and coming, you know, coming, like I'm also in advertising. I have this advertising background for like 16 years also. And I'm, the creative type. So I worked in the field where, you know, colors were big and all that. And, and I designed a lot of things and I never really even thought of it then, but you know, it's people like me who <laughs> it's people like us who probably, you know, shaped how, you know, society views things. And, you know, in my household, things are at least shifting. And now we're being a little bit more like neutral in our perspective. And I mean, I think, that's interesting too, because like I grew up very much is in a, in a boomer household where boys played with, you know, I had GI Joe and transformers and wrestlers and, you know, dinky cars and all those types of things. And my brother, when we were growing up actually wanted to play with dolls and Barbies. And I remember he would secretly buy them and he would have to hide them. Because if my dad found them, he would throw them out and say, you don't play with dolls. That's not what boys do. And like that, I remember that really hurting my my brother's feelings a lot. And so to this day, I still think about that. I mean, to this day, my brother still collects Barbies. Um, he has a very expensive Barbie collection, to be honest with you. Um, and he still collects it today. And now, my brother is gay. That is an aside. That does not mean that every boy who collects Barbies is gay. That is not what that's saying. He happens to be. Totally different thing. But I think that that was like a gender norm back then to say, you do not play with Barbies. But there is nothing wrong with boys playing with dolls or girls playing with dump trucks. My daughter loves dinky cars, has a dinky car set. Very boyish, if you want to look at it, very blue. And she also loves dump trucks and she loves playing in the sand with dump trucks. At the same time, we also sat and played with a princess sticker book this morning and she has a very big dollhouse in, you know, and she loves Barbies and dolls. So we're trying to introduce her to everything. But I think I give a lot of credit to my wife for that because she grew up in a household that wasn't necessarily that way. So as a, for instance, 
Um, my wife is, is, you know, she's got a sister and that's they, so they grew up in a house with two girls. Their father was very big into woodworking and fixing things. And he taught that to both girls. So in our house, my wife actually fixes stuff. So the tools in my house are actually my wife's and all of the stuff in the kitchen, like the pots and the pans and the knives, those are mine. So some people often call our house the house of opposites because like my wife can take apart stuff. She's built furniture. She can fix a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's not traditionally, you know, that that gender, but she's also at the same time could be very much a girly girl. So it doesn't mean you have to be one or the other. And I think that there is this stereotype or this thought that in today's society or past societies, I should say, that you had to be one or the other. And I think we're trying to be much more neutral in today's society, which I, you see some things shifting. I think it's great. You see that shift, but in some cases you still see very big extremes. So it's good to see that there's some shifting, but with the shifting, you're also seeing some people getting more and more extreme on the boys. Don't play with dolls. Um, so yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting for me. And I think, you know, Sandeep, that takes us to another topic, you know, for, for you, do your daughters play with toys that are gender neutral or, you know, on their own, or do they play with more traditional girls stuff or are they kind of going which, whichever direction and have you and your wife push them towards one toy or the other? Um, I think like early on they, they had a lot of like girly toys and just because that, that was the gifts that they got. And so right now they're into that. However, the other day, I'm so proud of this story. I was like, we were going to like Toys R Us and they had these gift cards that they had gotten last year. So they had 10 bucks on each. And so I was like telling my wife, oh, we have some time to kill before we go to this event. Why don't we take them to Toys R Us? They can each choose a toy within that price range and and we'll get it for them. And so she walked around all of Toys R Us and we got to the, like walked around the whole store. And by the time we got to the end, I bring up the Ninja Turtles again. The Ninja Turtles were there. So she looked at all these toys, all the girly ones. She got to the end and it was a Ninja Turtle toy. And she she looked at it and she's like, I want that one. And, you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, awesome. Let's get it. Right. And I think back to my like my childhood, my dad took me to Toys R Us one Christmas Eve and we're like walking around also Toys R Us. And I wanted the Ninja Turtles. I wanted the Ninja Turtles so bad. Like I had. I didn't have all four of them growing up. I had probably like two of them, three of them. Um, but they were my go-to toys. And and when my my daughter picked it up, I was, I was just reminded of my childhood. And I was like, ah, that's cool, man. That's a nice daddy moment there for me. Um, <laughs> so, which is interesting I because I get so proud because you see it as a boy's toy. Yeah. And and it, it's like, I don't, I like, I don't try to push anything on her. Like we, we introduce everything to them and yeah. then they get to choose. And it was just nice to, to see that moment. I think the thing that drives my wife and I crazy is sure they'll have more, you know, traditionally boy toys. So 
drills and like, you know, fake drills and, um, you know, tools, etc. But for some reason, they have to make them pink. Why? Like, why do they have to make them pink for girls? Like, can't you just have the drill? So like, that's the kind of stuff where, and I get that girls are drawn to pink and they also want tools and some do want pink. But I think when you look at, in general, the toys, you still very much see this, you know, this, this, it's not neutral. It is like, here's the girls toy section and the boys toy section. And I think, you know, to see, and that is very much a marketer's thing. I get that they're trying to go with the choice of the children and sell toys. Absolutely. I get that because like I said, you know, we both work in marketing and advertising. I think for me, it's okay. Why can't we just have like, because of course the one with that's blue has a boy on it. The one that's pink has a girl on it. What if the boy wants the pink one? Like, can we have one with the boy and a girl on it? That's not pink or a traditional color. I think seeing more of that for me would be nice so that my daughter doesn't grow up believing that she has to fit into a stereotype box to fit into society. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't really have the answer, you know, like as to like if that will change or not, I guess in another hundred years, we'll see. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll see. I mean, probably not in her lifetime, but certainly a lot of people are taking a lot of strides in the world. It's uh, it's definitely an interesting one. And you can tell, you know, a topic that we're both kind of passionate about letting them choose. I don't care if she chooses pink. That's up to her. I wear pink shirts like that's fine. But when she comes home and says, boys don't wear pink. You can see it setting in already at five and a half years old. So yeah. it's yeah, uh, it's true. it's kind of interesting to see that. So it's breaking that habit. I think early um, is important important for me. Plus, it empowers girls in my mind. You know, I think the other topic, you know, we look at inside this realm, and this is a bit divergent, but you think about Disney and Disney princesses and how they've changed over time. We look at the early princesses like Sleeping Beauty and, you know, Snow White, Cinderella, they were meek women, often servants, serving the men who had to get saved by a prince. Um, but you look at more recent ones, I'm thinking Moana, Elsa, actually better Anna in that movie. They're doing and the saving. They don't need saving by a man. If in fact, if you remember Frozen, Anna did not want um, the stuff to even save her. She was like, "I'm going to do this myself." Or you know, Moana almost getting killed by Maui, and she ended up like overpowering him and doing the saving herself. I think that's the kind of message that is good because women are not a little meek thing that needs to be saved. So it, it's all back to kind of, and we're not going to change this. This podcast isn't going to change a single mind, but I think it's just an interesting thing where it's like, okay, what's the lesson out of this that we can give today? I think it's try and be open-minded. If your child happens to like something that is not traditional in that color realm, like if you've got a boy that wants to watch uh, a, a princess movie, let him. 
and you know, there's actually a boy in in my daughter's class whose father lets him wear unicorn girl-looking shirts and will let him wear pink shoes. And I applaud that father because he is letting his child choose his own thing and break out of that stereotype. And I think, I love that kid. That father is awesome. I don't know him, but that father is breaking a stereotype and helping break it and letting his child be himself, which I think is so awesome. That's pretty cool. You don't see that very often, eh? No, you don't. You very much see the opposite where like that old friend of mine who were no longer friends, not because of that incident, but taking the pink balloon away and saying pink is not boys and you get a blue balloon. So it's a bloody balloon. Like, let it go. Yeah, I hear you there. That you were talking about princesses. (laughs) I, I don't know if you saw the Mario movie or not. I haven't yet. No. Okay, so I won't spoil it for you if you're into that. Go ahead. But, Go ahead. Audience, spoilers ahead. Yeah, spoilers ahead. But that that was uh, also a really you know interesting depiction of a princess also in that movie. Um, so so like in tra- in the traditional Mario games, you know, Princess Peach was always the one being saved by Mario, and so when the movie had come out and we had gone to see it. And it was the scene where we meet Princess Peach. I was like, "Oh, how are they gonna, how are they gonna portray her in this movie?" Because uh, you know, that's all we knew growing up. But she was a complete opposite in the in the in this movie, and it was really really cool to see. I won't I won't spoil it. Like there there were a lot of cool scenes with her, and we've watched it like a hundred times in this household. But haven't my, seen my that one yet. Love it. We'll have to watch that my, one in this house. Though. Yeah, it was awesome, and my girls really really love it, and they. They really think highly of Princess Peach in that movie. I'm like, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's amazing. That's really cool. Well, you know what? I think, um, I think for, for today, this is, this has been good. And we'll probably, you know, talk about this subject again, I'm sure. Definitely, you know, empowering women and trying to make sure that we're raising our daughters differently. Certainly I am. Um, I know you are. I know a lot of people are that, you know, women are not just some meek little thing anymore. And that opinion for me, I'll have to be honest, it changed when I had a daughter, but it shouldn't take having a daughter to change that opinion for a lot of people. And I think that it's it's something that it would be great if more of the world started to tackle this. And I'm not just talking Western cultures. Certainly there's a lot of, you know, thousands of years of history that have to be, you know, overcome. Um, but it's, it's good to see a start in some places. Like you talked about princess peach and like you start to see the Disney movies changing the type of princesses. So there is a changing narrative out there. Um, and I think, like I said, if there's one lesson to take away, it's try and open your mind a bit. If you're, boy wants a pink balloon or your daughter wants a black dump truck what's it matter it doesn't mean anything they just like what they like and let them like that very true with that we are gonna sign off and we're gonna say if you're finding this podcast interesting and you've listened up until now we thank you 
And we hope that you've subscribed. If you're not, if not, can you please subscribe so we can share more content like this with you? And if you have any suggestions, we have a Facebook page where you can join and share your thoughts and ideas there, or simply just comment on this video and let us know what you're interested in. All right, everyone. Hopefully you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye. Moments of Brilliance, a podcast about life, laughter, and raising daughters. <laughs> <laughs>